You are listening to The North Podcast, a ministry of Mount Perrin North in Marietta, Georgia. I'm glad you're here today. Thanks for being here in worship. I'm glad you're joining us in person, online. So glad you are part of Mount Perrin North. If you've got your Bibles, please, I'd like for you to turn with me to Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4. We'll get there in just a few minutes. We're beginning a brand new series today entitled Peace of Mind. A few weeks ago, we did a series that was about asking questions, asking for a friend about tough questions. And one of the questions that was brought up was about mental health and challenges that people had. And there was such feedback on it that I'm going to spend about three weeks talking about three specific things that people deal with in mental health struggles or challenges. And these are not just people who are chronically dealing with it, although it will deal with that. But every one of us will find ourselves in these circumstances at some point. Today, we're going to talk about anxiety. Um, In a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about depression. And then we're also going to talk about um, what about the person who helps the person who struggles? How do you help that person and also ask God for guidance in your own life along the way? So uh, today, we're going to start this series talking about the anxiety attack or when anxiety attacks each of us, whether it's a momentary thing or whether it is somewhat of a chronic thing. The, the, the verse that's going to be for the entirety of this series is, comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. It's going to be on the screen right now, and instead of me reading it to you, I want us to read this passage together. You ready? Uh, let's read it together. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. Can you say amen to the reading of God's word, your reading of God's word? Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the privilege that we have to be able to be in this house. And I pray for those that are dealing maybe with anxiety right now in an ongoing fashion, or maybe it's a momentary crisis that's taking place in their life. I pray that your words would speak to us But all of us know whether we're going through it now or whether we are doing okay right now, that at some point we're going to face it. So God, I pray through the story of Joshua and Jericho that your word would speak loudly and clearly to us. And Lord, we'll be careful to give you the praise as you speak to our hearts and accomplish your perfect will. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So we all know what it's like to have anxiety sort of rule a moment. When a circumstance or a situation arises and it causes our blood pressure to go up, at normal levels, anxiety is a manageable experience where our senses are heightened until the circumstances change. But there are folks that don't just have anxiety rule a moment. Anxiety tends to rule every moment of their life where they struggle constantly with dread about what's coming, with panic attacks, And what does God's word have to say about those things? For those who struggle on an ongoing basis, one of the things I want us to understand is this. Those that struggle typically do it in silence, and it is time for the church to reestablish itself as a place where people can come, regardless of the circumstances they face, regardless of the circumstances that are in their lives, That this is the place where God, as Pastor Brett read, where God chooses to meet with his people regardless of the place or the state in which they come into there. Because if we're honest, 
those that deal consistently with anxiety, it's not because of a choice that they make. It's usually because of past wounds, whether it's abuse or rejection or trauma, or maybe it's the current pressures that they end, situational, job-related, relational, or maybe it's self-inflicted for something that they've done, or maybe it's chemical imbalances. You know, the brain, just like the lungs and the heart, is an organ. And just like the lungs and the heart can have something wrong with them, like asthma or a clogged artery or something like that, the brain can have chemical imbalances that affect it and cause it not to function properly at certain times. And some deal with anxiety because of spiritual oppression. And if you're here to say, Pastor, are you asking, are you saying that we just pray our way out of it? What I'm saying is, is that yes, you may have therapy. Yes, you may have counseling. Yes, you may have prescription. But let me tell you something more than anything else. You also have faith. And the fight that you're in is a spiritual fight as well. Because the enemy of your soul wants to take advantage of every situation that comes against you. If anything else, Satan is an opportunist. He will take every circumstance, every doubt, every fear, every worry, every anxiety, and try to turn it around and use it against you. That's why Paul writes in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, he says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So if we have another understand this, God plays a role and we play a role. God does his part and we are to do our part as well. And let me tell you something. If you deal with anxiety momentarily or chronically, you're in a fight. Yes, the fight is real. Yes, the symptoms are real. Yes, the condition is serious sometimes. But it is also equally true that you have the mind of Christ in you. It is also equally true that you have the Spirit of God living inside of you. And you're not just a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror. And you are going to overcome because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. And that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. It's a truth that you have to get, get deep within you because it's gonna take an adjustment in you. You're gonna to have to move from just enduring to attacking because anxiety is going to attack, but you don't have to always be on the defensive. You have the offensive weapon of the word of God, the sword of the spirit that you can use in your life. And there's no better place to really look at than the story of Joshua and Jericho. Joshua is the young leader of the children of Israel, the people of Israel. Moses has led them for 40 years. He took them out of and led them out of the bondage and slavery of Egypt. And then for 40 years, they wandered around in the wilderness because of their disbelief and their disobedience, refusing to believe God when God said, go over into the promised land. And so now they stand on the precipice of going into the promised land. And Joshua is leading God's people. They're about to cross the Jordan River. And on the other side, he can see the city of Jericho. With walls so high and thick, they are considered impenetrable. Time and time again, it has been attacked over the years. And time and time again, it has withstood the attack. And God tells him, I want you to cross over the Jordan River and I want you to attack Jericho. 
And Joshua is filled with anxiety. His palms are sweaty. His heart is racing. His mind is scrambled. His breath is shallow. And God speaks to him three different times. And he says, I need you to be strong and of good courage. Because humanly speaking, Joshua is shaking in his boots. But God speaks to Joshua and says, I'm giving you everything that you need. I will not only go before you, I will walk beside you and I will walk behind you and I will be on every side of you. And every place that you put your sole of your foot in this land, I will give to you because I am with you. And there are four things I want us to see this morning in the story of Joshua and Jericho that Joshua needed and we need when anxiety begins to tack, whether it's chronic or whether it's momentary. The first thing is this, is we have to remember God's faithfulness. Remember God's faithfulness. Now, I don't know about you, but I have a pretty decent ability to forget things I should remember and not remember things that I should forget, right? Anybody else like that? Anybody else forgetful on important things? Can I just see your hands? Anybody sitting beside someone who's forgetful on important things? Can I see your hands? Listen, I can... I don't know why it works this way. I am, I am the, the world's worst. I can make decisions all day long. I can be filled with different things and have all things going in my head. And there is at least once a week where I will leave my keys somewhere where I can't find them. I will go down to my truck and I'll realize I left my keys in my office and I have to take the walk of shame and look Krista in the eyes when she looks and says, did you forget something? And I go, yes. She knows what I forgot, but she just wants to ask me anyway. I can't tell you how many times I've forgotten my keys on the way to work and have to get to the reception area and call someone to let me in the door. And if Krista's not available, poor Stacy Mays gets the call every single time that says, please let me in. It's so bad that I leave the keys at home. I have, they made me an extra set of keys and a key fob to keep in my truck in case I leave the ones at home. It's so bad that when I leave the ones at home and I can't find the ones at the truck, they've got me an app on my phone to let me in a door. And some of you love this and you, I mean, you think it's great, but you can remember every sports stat of every baseball team and football team, but you can't remember birthdays and anniversaries. <laughs> and some of you can remember everything that you wore two weeks ago and two years ago and everybody else wore, but you can't find your wallet half the time. <laughs> we all have the ability to forget things that are necessary in the moment. And God knows this about us, and he knew it about Joshua. And he said, when you go over, I want you to do something to remind yourself of how faithful I have been. In Joshua chapter 4, verses 5 through 7, he says this, Each of you must pick up a stone, carry it out on your shoulder, 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial, and in the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? And then you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. God knows exactly how quickly we can forget things. And so he said, when you go over there, I want you to build a memorial. 
Because on the same place that you cross into the promised land is the same place you're going to be tempted to go back into bondage and slavery. And I want you to see that memorial and remember how faithful. Remember it wasn't because of you or your strength. Remember that it was replicating and reminding you of a miracle that took place 40 years ago when God parted the Red Sea and brought them out of the land of Egypt. God also stopped the waters of the Jordan River to bring you into the promised land. And when your children ask you what do these stones mean, he said they remind us of God's faithfulness and what God has done for us. You need reminders in your life of God's faithfulness. You need to intentionally do things in your life that remind you of God's faithfulness. Maybe it's a list on your phone. Maybe it's somewhere in the back of your Bible where you just write down God's faithfulness and some of the things that he's done. Maybe it's a picture of a moment that's on your bathroom mirror that reminds you of how faithful God has been. You need to remember how faithful God has been to you. Because gratitude is not an emotion and it's not a feeling. It is a choice that forces us to focus on God's faithfulness. When you look back, you see God has been faithful over and over and over and over again in your life. And God's word reminds us of how faithful that he is. That God in his faithfulness in the past is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that God will never leave us, nor will he ever forsake us. Over and over again, we need to remind ourselves. Why? Because our circumstances tend to blind us from the promises of God. From the things that are there that we need to see, but something else is so close that it blinds us. I was talking this week to someone um, uh, about this, and I was... I was Okay, I was whining. How about that, all right? <laughs> Confession's good for the soul, bad for the reputation. I was whining. You know why? Because I've got a sty on this right eye right now, and some of you are leaning in wanting to see it. <laughs> Snap back to the message right now. Listen, I've already told him no close-ups, all right? But I was complaining. I was like, man, I, it's right there. It's in my way. I can't see. It gets cloudy. I'm going to have trouble looking at my notes and looking at scriptures and all the stuff on Sunday. And they said, isn't that kind of what you're preaching about on Sunday? I hate it when people use my words against me, right? But it's true. I was so focused on what's immediately in front of me that I couldn't see the promises that are right there. You say, well, what did you do? I focused on the promises. I just couldn't use my reading contacts, so I blew it up to size 16 font. <laughs> the promises are there. The question is, what do you choose to focus on? What will you focus on? You have a choice where you can remember God's promises and remember his faithfulness. The second thing is, you need to recruit an army to march with you. In chapter 6, verse 2, it says, The Lord said to Joshua, I've given you Jericho, its king, on all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Walls tend to isolate, but armies will liberate. You can't do this alone. Whether it's momentary or whether it's chronic, you need people around you that love you, that love God, 
and that will walk with you and march with you on your way to victory. Who are they? They're your family and friends. And you may say, I don't want them to see me as weak. I don't want to be a burden on them. Let me let you in on a little secret here. They already know. They know, they see you struggle, they pray for you, and if you allow them and let them in, they won't just pray for you, they'll pray with you. Your church family, life groups, such a vital part of this because they offer prayer and practical help people to listen, encouragement. And I know some of you will go back to the Old Testament, well, I'm just gonna encourage myself in the Lord. But Hebrews also tells us that we are to encourage each other daily and that we are also to spur one another on to love and good deeds. You were not created to live in isolation. You were not created to face these moments in isolation. God has given you a gift in the body of Christ. That's why it's so important that you are involved in a life group. If you are not involved in a life group, they are starting up in just a few weeks. I'm telling you, in the lobbies today, you can go get information. You need people around you. You need an army around you. And then there are folks that have been trained and are experts in the area, and they're doctors and counselors. And I don't want you to be afraid of those. There's so much stigma about going and getting counseling. Can I just tell you something? When you go get counseling from a Christian counselor, that person can help you navigate a circumstance that you don't know how to handle on your own. I want you to hear me. It is not a sign of weakness at all. I am grateful, grateful for the counselor that God put in my life in the worst moment in my life that walked with me for months where I could be open and honest and real with and they allowed me to be that and walked me through. But I need you to hear me. It is important that that person be a believer. Just because you have credentials on your wall does not mean that they can lead you in the path of righteousness. You need someone because that, that is scripturally, biblically based. There was a study of two research psychologists that showed that the va- overwhelmingly, that counselors and doctors, there was a marked difference between whether they were a believer or not on how they approached it. You need someone who believes God is for you and not God is against you. You need an army to march with you. The third thing is this. You have to release control through prayer. Release control through prayer. For most people, prayer is kind of a mystery. Um, We think it requires some level of proficiency that we don't have. Have you ever heard someone that prays a lot better than you pray? You ever heard that? You ever heard it and you just thought, if I could just pray like that. James Bird, a man who used to work here, great friend of mine, a mentor, this guy prays poetically. I don't know how he does it, but he just normally speaks poetically. I was at a golf course one time with him. Um, we, I pulled up to uh, the, the first hole about to tee off, and one of our parties was leaving, and he was, as he left, I looked at him, and I went, where are they going? We're about to tee off, and I looked at um, JB, and I said, where are they going? And he just naturally speaks poetically. He said, 
it seems this establishment has an aversion to denim. And I had to process that for a minute. And I said, oh, he had on jeans? He said, yep, that's it. I don't think that way. He thinks that way. He prays that way. I listen to that. I'm like, I know God hears him. And then I think, if I could pray like that, then I could touch heaven. It's not about your proficiency or your mannerisms. It's about God listening to his children come to him and speak real raw words that simply say, I trust you. I trust you in this. Joshua is feeling the weight that he has put on himself. Weight that God never asked him to carry. Moses, the leader for 40 years is gone. And now Joshua was there. And now it's up to him. In his mind, he's got to be the spiritual leader that Moses was. Multiple cities have to be conquered. And not only does he need to be the spiritual leader, now he's got to be a military leader as well. Manna has stopped falling down that's been providing food every day for 40 years. The moment they cross over, it stops falling. So now he's got to be a provider for over 2 million people. The 12 tribes are going to get their land allotments. And now he's got to make everybody happy where they're going to build their house. It's his job. The last generation died because of disobedience in the wilderness, and now it's his responsibility to make sure that everybody's acceptable to God. God didn't put these on him, but these are the self-imposed expectations that he has, and he has anxiety ruling his heart, and God says, I need you to be strong and of good courage. And God actually calls him and says, come here. And an angel appears to him and begins to speak life into Joshua. In Joshua chapter 5, verse 14, it says, At this Joshua fell with his face to the ground in reverence. I am at your command, Joshua said. What do you want your servant to do? And the commander of the Lord's armies replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did as he was told. In that culture... The only time you took off your sandals was when you were in someone's home and you were resting. It's only at the moment that you release control that you can truly find rest in God. And prayer is how we release control to God. Prayer is how God releases peace to us. But it comes when we are just gut level honest and we say, God, I can't do this. I need you. I trust you. I trust you in the circumstance that I'm facing now. I trust you in all the past things that I worry about. I trust you in my future. I trust you. I can't handle it, but you can, so I trust you. And the moment those lips cross your, the moment those words cross out of your lips, God begins to release peace into your life. You have to release control by speaking those words to God. I trust you. And that's through prayer. 
The final thing is you have to repeat and celebrate how far you've come. You have to repeat those steps. Because how many of you know there's not just one circumstance going to come in your life that's going to make you anxious? Or how many of you know you take a couple of steps of faith and the enemy tries to tell you that God's not with you? And you've got to repeat those things. You've got to remember God's faithfulness. You've got to call on that army to come surround you and march with you. You've got to release control once again through prayer. There was an old song we used to sing that said, take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Has anybody ever been guilty like me of taking your burdens to the Lord, feeling better about it, getting up, starting to walk away and go, oh, I think I'll take this with me again. You'll have to repeat, but you also have to celebrate how far you have come. I think too many times, and listen to me, I believe that God can heal anxiety in a moment, in an instant. But I also know that sometimes God takes us step by step in our faith and leads us through a process that brings us to healing and wholeness. And it's up to God to choose which way he uses. In Joshua chapter 6, verse 15, it says, On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner. In the same manner. For six days, they have walked around this city in silence, not saying anything to the enemy, just in silent obedience to the Lord and go back to their camp for six days. They've repeated this same thing over and over again. But what they don't know is though the walls aren't moving at the time, they are making process in their faith and their healing and their wholeness. You see, when God tells them on the seventh day to march around seven times, they don't know that day necessarily. They don't know when the moment the walls are going to come down. They just know they have to repeat until God moves. Keep repeating until God moves. The key to staying the course is to celebrate every lap you make. Celebrate every step that has brought you closer to the Lord and every step that has brought you further away from that anxiety. Because in Joshua chapter 6, verse 20, here's what it says. When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. You know the interesting part? Is normally you didn't sound the trumpets until the victory was won. But God said, I need you to sound the trumpets this time. I need you to celebrate before the victory. You realize that's why we come together and worship. Some of you come in and struggle. Some of you come in and the, the world and circumstances has beat you down. And sometimes you come in and you lift up a song of praise or a hand of praise and it is everything you can do to just get the words of praise out. 
Can I tell you, every time you come to church, every time you lift your hands, every time you pray a prayer, every time you sing a song of praise and worship, you are literally celebrating the fact that God is still with you, that God is for you, and that God is going to bring you through. You are celebrating what he's done. You are celebrating that he's with you. And by faith, you are celebrating that you don't know when and you don't know how, but one of these laps, the walls are going to come down and you're going to be set free. And what some of you need to do is learn how to celebrate how far God has brought you so that you'll keep keeping keeping step-by-step faith, watching and depending on God to bring you to a place you never thought you'd be able to be and bring you to a victory you never thought you would have and bring you to wholeness and healing and peace that the Bible says passes all human understanding guarding your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. The CDC estimates that 50% of Americans will be diagnosed with a mental health struggle at some point in their life. There are people in this room, either chronically or momentarily, you are dealing with anxiety. And I tell you, the Lord, your peace, Jehovah Shalom, is in this place to meet you at your point of need. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, please? The very first step you have to take when dealing with anxiety is you have to realize you have to yield your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. All the promises of God are for his children. But you have to yield your heart to him. And if you're in this place and you know when you came in this morning, things weren't right between you and the Lord, just pray something like this. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the hope and the help you give me. I thank you for the sacrifice that you have made for me. I thank you that you died on the cross for my sins. I thank you that you rose to new life so that we could have new life too. I ask you to forgive me the way I've lived in my sins and I also yield my life to your Lordship. Lead me through your word and your spirit and I will never be the same. I'm going to ask everyone in the room, pray this prayer of profession with me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. Come on, Jesus, I give you my life. Now, with your head still bowed, eyes still closed, only the ministry team and me looking around out of respect for the person around you and the Holy Spirit that's working in this place. I'm not here to embarrass you. I'm not here to call you out. But if that's you, you know when you came in this place, things weren't right between you and the Lord. But you've made a decision to follow him for the first time or the first time in a long time. I want to pray for you this week. If that's you, would you raise your hand really high? Just hold it up really high just for a moment. God bless you. Yep, you're not alone. God bless you. Amen. 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 All right, you can put them down. Father, we thank you for changed lives. We thank you for surrendered lives. We thank you for destinies that have been changed. We thank you for eternities that have been changed. And we thank you for hope that has been reestablished in our souls today. God, I pray that as the weight of sin is lifted off their shoulders, the joy of the Lord would just envelop them 
like never before. And Lord, in these next few moments, as we pray one for the other, those that are dealing with circumstances in their lives, be in this place. Be Jehovah Shalom, our peace. Be Jehovah Rapha, our healer. Be Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner who fights for us. Be everything that we need in these moments. Because when we pray, what we're saying is this, we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I'm gonna ask you to stand with me, please. As our prayer team is coming to meet you down here, as we worship together, if you have a need, whether that's a financial need, whether it's an emotional need, whether it's a job situation, whether it's a physical need, relational, whatever the need is, I invite you to come. And if you have, a, if you have that issue that you're dealing with anxiety, nobody's gonna know what's about that, but I just want you to come and allow someone to pray with you because the Bible tells us when two or three gather in his name, he's there. And when two of us agree on something, we touch heaven on their behalf. So if you would, as we sing, I'm gonna invite you, if you have a need, come down, let someone pray with you today as we worship and believe together right now.
Christ is my firm foundation. He's the rock. Father, for those in this room, for those watching online, 
for those who didn't even come down for prayer, but they're struggling still silently. Help us to declare we trust you. We trust you with our past. We trust you with our circumstances right now. Trust you with our future. Lord, speak peace into every heart that is in this room, that is watching. Speak peace as only you can. And Lord, by faith, even though we can't see it right now, by faith, we give you praise in this place for your goodness, your faithfulness, for your promises, and for our future that is securely and firmly in your hand. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord praise in this place. Amen. Amen. Come on, can you celebrate with me also? 11 people gave their hearts to Jesus Christ today. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you made that decision today or in the past few weeks, we would love to help you get started in your walk with Jesus. Um, our grow team will be down front. They would love to talk with you for just a moment. Or you can stop by our um, Connections Next Step Center um, out in the atrium. We would love to take just a couple of minutes of your time. If, in fact, there's a couple of things. If you would like to speak with um, someone from our pastoral care and counseling about an issue that's going on in your life, or maybe you've got some anxious moments or some other things, um, we would love to do that. The best way to do that is in the seat back in front of you, there's a prayer card. Take that card, fill it out, and just say, I'd like pastoral care to contact me. And this week at some point, they will contact you and set up a time for that. Um, we'd love to walk with you in that. If you need more extensive or more professional help, then uh, maybe we've got... Um, uh, the ability to do here. We've got referrals to Christian counselors that can help you as well. But anything that takes place here in the church um, is uh, free of charge to you because you give so generously and graciously, it allows us to offer this to anyone in your regular giving. So I just like to say, when you give, you minister to other people in ways you cannot even comprehend. And I'm thankful for that. Also, if you need an army to walk with you, you need a life group. And in our, both of the lobbies, there are stations there for information on life group. It starts up in just a, just a few weeks and you can get signed up today and get information on that. Stop by those places. Um, would love to have you there as well. I'm gonna ask Pastor Jason if he'd come up. He's got a couple of announcements and then he's going to take the privilege and bless you. Hey guys, how are you? All right. Really quick. Really, really quick. There we go. Really quick. Hey, if you're new here, if you're ready to take your next step, if you need prayer, like Pastor uh, Kirk just mentioned, the seat back materials are there for all of you. So fill those out, whatever's appropriate to your situation. We want to help get you connected. We want to connect you with the Christ Center life here at Mount Perrin North. Drop those in the giving box on your way out or that connection point Pastor Kirk talked about. It's right behind you in the atrium. There's a big tall sign that says connection point. Our connections pastor, Drew Norris, is there right now waiting on you to help you get connected and answer your questions here at North. Don't forget, we heard it earlier but reminding you, September 15th, our men's event is happening. We want you there, men. Please come. Last year we had axe throwing, we had barbecue, and nobody lost a hand or anything. It was awesome. So we want you to please come back and be with us. Invite your buddies to come September 15th. Hey, this year Pastor Kirk's going to share. Pastor John's going to share. It's going to be an incredible night, so please join us. And the very last thing, for all these things and so much more, there's a QR code on the seat back in front of you. If you're watching online, it's going to come up on your screens. Scan that 
that code, that landing page. It's got spots for you to register for these events and find out information, join Life Group, et cetera. So please scan that code and connect with us here at Mount Perrin North because we love you and we're happy to have you as part of our family. All right, before we go today, allow me the honor to bless you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord turn his countenance towards you and give you peace, give you peace, give you peace in Jesus' name. Let's give our response. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you. Have a fantastic week. We love you. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you would like to learn more about North, be sure to check out our website at mountparinnorth.com. If you have any questions, you can email us at info at or give us a call at 770-578-9081. And if you're in the Marietta, Georgia area, we'd love to have you join us for worship next Sunday at 945 or 1115 a.m. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.